Recorded live. Welcome to Evolution Revolution with Dulcinea. It is Thursday, January 8th, 2009. Welcome to 2009. You are a miracle. And to unleash this energy positively into the world is an opportunity to express your unique divine talents in a service that radiates love, truth, transformation, and a domino effect of miracles. Explore your inner possibilities today. Make it the best year ever, a 2009 to remember. Evolution Revolution is focused on offering the listeners intuitive and balanced information that fosters transformation, both personally and globally, ultimately raising the consciousness on planet Earth. I am a metaphysician, clairvoyant, and clairaudient intuitive, a writer, public speaker, PR and marketer, personal advisor to visionaries, leader, and spiritual teacher. Please explore more on my website at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com. Evolution Revolution has partnered with Elevated Existence in our first collaborative column that can be read on the online December 2008 issue of Elevated Existence. You can find more information at www.elevatedexistence.com, a very exciting opportunity. I'd also like to mention that January 13, 2009, next Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. Pacific Time, I'm hosting a teleclass with the topic of Manifesting Infinite Abundance and Prosperity. Please join me with an experience to reconnect with the source of all abundance and prosperity based on the eternal principles of your being, including love, peace, joy, abundance, stillness, and more. To register and for further information, please see the Services and Events tab at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com. I truly look forward to connecting with you through the teleclass experience. Thank you for joining the show this evening, wherever you may be listening. Tonight on Evolution Revolution, I am honored to have an appearance from Eliza Mata Dalian, who was born in Armenia. In 1976, at the age of 24, she immigrated to North America, where she soon came across the teachings of the 20th century mystics, Georges Gudas and Osho, their words deeply affected her, and in spite of her training in education and architecture, she devoted herself to the search for truth and spiritual enlightenment. After years of focused and committed introspection and meditation, she was blessed with several profound experiences that ultimately led to a powerful awakening experience at the age of 33. This helped her to discover firsthand the truth that all masters point to, We are not our body, mind, pain, and suffering, but rather a manifestation of love, consciousness, and cosmic joy. This profound and life-altering experience took her some years to integrate into the ordinary world of day-to-day life. In the late 1990s, after leaving behind a career in social services, Dalian developed a groundbreaking new healing method, the Dalian Healing Method, or DHM, to help people quickly and effortlessly transform their psychological and physical pain and suffering into health and consciousness. Described by many as a medical intuitive, healer, oracle, mystic, and spiritual guide, Dalian has dedicated her life to helping others with their own healing and awakening. During the next hour, Eliza Mata Dalian will offer her wisdom and healing teachings that offer a refreshing perspective on healing and enlightenment, focusing on the transformation into the bliss and awe of one's divinely true being in her wondrous book release, In Search of the Miraculous, Healing into Consciousness. Welcome, Mata. Thank you for joining Evolution Revolution this early 2009. It's wonderful to be with you, Dulcinea. Great. So what experiences in your life have led you to create this very powerful and exciting book, In Search of the Miraculous? Um, well, the uh, main main um, thread that led to creation of this book was um, 
my healing method, the new healing method that I've been working on um, since the 1975-76. By uh, education, my education is actually in education. background is in education and architecture, so I had no um, idea that I would end up exploring healing. But as it happened to be after um, having my own experiences of the search and recognizing the journey and the path that uh, we all take on the journey, um, I ended up um, reconnecting with an ability of to read thought forms that I had as a child. so And I started exploring that ability in the world of healing. Um, as, I, as I started working with it, I realized that there is something very fundamentally missing in both alternative and allopathic medicine. Um, and what was missing is um, accessing, although there, was a, there is an understanding that we have that um, everything that we are, we think, we feel is all um, imprinted in our body and our history is imprinted in our body. Um, I did not find any um, modality that could actually access the exact imprints in the body and release those from the cellular memory so, so consciousness can be there to transform, um, to transform the energy. Because the way I see the body, the body is just a device that existence gives us in order to transform consciousness within the universe. So it's, it's a vehicle to transform unconsciousness to consciousness. So my, my whole focus was, um, the excitement was the discovery of this method. And as a result, I felt I need to write about it because many people were asking me. Um, started asking me, started wanting to be trained by with this method, and um, the best way I thought to 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 be to start with would be to um, write about it. So I started writing step by step, bringing the pre- readers through my own eyes to how I saw this whole process of healing and how it it could. Um, it could create a transformation, not physically, not only physically, but um, as as um, um, like a, a global sort of uh, in a global vision. How would a transformation of each person uh, can contribute in the transformation of the world practically, not not simply um, intellectually? So. Um, I wrote quite a bit about it, and then um, came to a point where I realized that, you know, now I need to give more of a map to for people to understand what I'm talking about, because there's so many concepts here that it's easy to get lost. Um, and as a result, I started writing about the map of the journey, which... Um, then ended up being the book in search of the miraculous and the 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 first part that i was writing um about the healing method turned out to be the second book which is not out yet so uh because the whole journey is in a way is a miraculous as you um say yourself and uh, as you know and the the search itself is the miracle the the knowing that um we're searching for something and not knowing what we're searching for is another part of the miracle. So to make the search a lot easier, um, just like anything else, if you're driving from one place to another, you need a map. I felt it's really important for us to have a spiritual map so we know where we're going and that could make our journey a lot simpler. Very beautiful, and and I have to and and mention that when I was reading the book, um, coming from a research mind and a very intellectual um, perspective, I thought, wow, this book is extremely organized for someone who is looking for something or a tool to really help um, organize the concepts. Because, like you said, you take several concepts 
and break them down into paths, into chakras, into you just really do a great um, meticulous job organizing, like you said, a very multifaceted process in the book In Search of the Miraculous. Mm-hmm. Because what I realized is that we try to understand or do things intellectually, and that's that's the first step, and it's a very necessary step. However, um, it does not end there. It's only the first step. And what I also saw is that many people get very confused. They uh, many times hear a, a teacher talking about the flower, and they they try to become the flower, but they're missing the steps that that are necessary in order to fly, the flower to come to its flowering. So, um, and when we understand that there are steps that we cannot miss, then then there's a deep relaxation and the, uh, there's a more deeper understanding that okay, I know where I am, which phase I'm working on where my ego and consciousness are developing in um, so I can relax. I don't have to feel um, inadequate because I'm not able to suddenly access the stillness that I'm um, hearing that I should be accessing or I'm not able to be present. Uh, this is what I'm finding, um, especially now. Many many people that come to see me um, they're coming from a background of having done a lot of work, but there's still something they're feeling stuck with. There's still something they're not being able to access. And the reason they're not being able to access that is because there is not a deep understanding of what is the ego? How does it work? Um, what is necessary in in order for me to become more conscious and we cannot skip steps um, that the steps are there it's a, it's a very mathematical in in existence everything is mathematical nothing is personal so with with this book you can um sort of get those steps maybe check in with yourself to see where am i and um learn to accept the ego because it's very important to learn to accept it and learn to understand that I first need to heal this ego and understand it so that I can transcend it. We try to transcend something which is um, what I call a wounded ego, and it's absolutely impossible to reach transformation because the wound itself creates the identification. And with identification, consciousness is impossible. It's like having blindfolds and wanting to see, and you can't see because you have the blindfold. Or trying to identify yourself as an eternal being with something so extremely limited. Well, that's again the, the intellectual concept. That's right. So um, uh, it, it's, I think as a society we've become so intellectually oriented that um, that's why there's a lot of... Um, misconception about spiritual growth and spirituality um as a matter of fact um we 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 have made spirituality into a belief system and if it becomes a belief system that then uh, again you're like putting blindfolds and you're saying okay this is uh, what it is and um i just need to follow this but uh, the thing is it's impossible it's impossible to become conscious if we have any kind of a belief system. Certainly. Identifying with anything other than the eternal truth of who we are is going to become fallible or create some sense of illusion in the veil. That's right. That's right. Even, even you know, identifying with the thought that I'm an eternal being because it's only a thought unless it becomes your experience. So... Um, the, the whole emphasis um, that I make over and over again is um, throughout the throughout the book is that you have to take responsibility for what where you are and what is happening, 
and you have to understand why things are happening the way they're happening. So the question of why has to be always there instead, uh, not, not in a way why this is happening to me, but um, in a sense of, okay, this is happening, why it's happening, let me understand it. You know, there's, there's um, um, when, when, the, when we look at things from the perspective of the wounded ego, we go, poor me, why this is happening to me. But if we look from a perspective of a healthy ego, then we will say, okay, uh, what are my lessons here? Let me learn the lessons so I become conscious and I can move on. Because the moment the lessons are learned, you don't need the, um, the difficulties simply vanish. There's, there's no more problems anymore. And the whole world is like a hologram. We create the world based on our imagination in a way. We have imagined this world the way it is. And, um, and it's hilarious. It's, it's amazing. And my sense is that um, if we recognize the power of our imagination, we can actually create a new hologram and at least live a better uh, a more comfortable hologram than than what we're living right now. Certainly, and so the first step that you put forth in the book, in search of the miraculous, is surround the idea of experiencing stillness and presence in the now. But there are some necessary steps that we must take to first bring that unconscious energy and transform it into a conscious experience. Correct. Um, that's right, and uh, my emphasis would be more actually, um, even when we say experiencing stillness in the now, there's a certain distance between my consciousness and the stillness and the now. Uh, w- the way I would like to say, or I would like to rather um, express that, is finding your being. The moment you find your being, which is the stillness and the silence, you're already in the now. So if I, if I put my focus on finding my being, I don't need to worry about becoming still or, be, or, or being present in the now. That automatically happens. But if I start thinking, I want to be still and I want to be present, then I'm missing the very thing which is the present, which is my being. So the whole focus needs to be, um, even though, you know, um, there's a lot of talk about being in the present, being in the now, and being still, um, this is where I find it's another sort of um, disconnection. There's still, you're, you're looking outside of yourself for to reach that goal of stillness or to reach that goal of being present. What I'm saying is looking into your being Try to find your being, and as you do that, you're bound to come to stillness. So this way you don't need to use your mind to become still, but more look at, look at the mind while you're looking, where is my being, what is my being? And, and th- through that looking, which is basically the principle of meditation, looking in, watching your breath, and it, within that breath is where stillness is. Within that breath is where presence is. So all you have to do is connect with the breath in every moment. And if you have the awareness on your breath, you're already in the present and you're already in that stillness of the moment. I hope I'm making sense here because... You are. You're <laughs> absolutely making sense and I, I absolutely am following you. I think... What you're doing are putting words to a process that is non-tangible. So it's something that you have personally experienced. It's a non-tangible process, and you're trying to put limited words on something that is limitless. Therefore, it can be um, very tricky in articulating it, but again, you've done a very meaningful job in the book, In Search of the Miraculous, Healing into Consciousness, and really have divided the book and organized it in a way that makes it very user-friendly, and you you go ahead and add into each chapter, you have some valuable questions and answers about the main points, um, which is a, a valuable self-check tool that offers the opportunity to increase awareness and reiterate the important messages uh, for each individual as, as needed for, um, for them. And so I want to just kind of overview the organization of the book for people to grasp the depth that you have 
put forth your experience and organized it hopefully uh, with the goal to allow others to experience this process with more ease, grace, and um, feelings of support. So I, what, if you'd like to uh, overview the ideas, um, just briefly maybe the, the chapters, just to give people a glimpse of, of again, your offerings, I think that would be very uh, helpful for them to see what, what you've just articulated so meaningfully now. Uh, okay, well, we can go briefly through the um, um, through the contents. Basically, I called the journey that we're on a journey of healing into consciousness, and the outcome being um, the words enlightenment, uh, self-realization, um, awakening. They they all uh, describe the outcome, and. Um, the mind always wants to reach that outcome and, and tries to find ways to reach the outcome, but that whole process of getting to the outcome is what I call a healing process. And it's a, it's a healing process into becoming conscious because awakening means um, becoming conscious. Uh, enlightenment is a state where you become conscious that you are not your body, you're not your emotions, you're not your thoughts, and you become conscious of the oneness, that you are that oneness that exists within every single thing, every single being, um, human, animal, tree within the universe. So, But uh, that is um, an outcome of an experience, not a, an intellectual thought. Many times we get caught in the words of oneness, and it's a very intellectual expression of it. So this book tries to make it more practical in terms of bringing the focus back to um, understand the mind, don't get caught in the mind, and actually have the experience of what you hear or what you believe or what you um, um, think is the reality. So in the process of healing into consciousness, I've divided uh, the process into seven stages that we all go through. And uh, those stages are, they could be um, easily uh, sort of divided. Um, if I take our education system, we can um, think of the spiritual um, uh, process of uh, going through the stages as the preschool, elementary, high school, undergraduate, university, uh, graduate university, PhD, and the professor stages. So every stage has its own phase where the ego and consciousness develop in and how, how uh, those phases would look as the ego and consciousness develop. So the book describes each stage separately and um, brings the thread that underlines the whole process of our evolution, which, which is, of course, the consciousness, but then how to get to the consciousness um, through witnessing and through meditation. There are many um, practical tools uh, throughout the book, um, again, to give that more practical experience of the concepts. So the concepts are there, the concepts of thought, the concepts of phases of the ego, the bodies that um, uh, the chakra and a body system, the seven bodies and seven chakras that will go and evolve through um, as the energy moves. And we've, uh, we know, we've heard many times that when the energy moves from the first chakra up into the head, that's where awakening and enlightenment happens. Um, this has been my personal experience as well. So, but in order for that energy to move freely, um, we need to start working what Gurdjieff calls the buffers. Um, and those buffers are very much connected with our conditionings, our thoughts, emotions, which are all imprinted in the body. So the easiest way to go through those, those um, phases and to go through those buffers and um, understand and transform the ego um, is that that was my whole life's work of developing this healing method. Basically, this healing method does that very quickly. It, it's almost instantaneous, and it's amazing how quickly we can transform unconsciousness into consciousness if we can really know how to work, go into the imprints in the body, work with those buffers directly. 
without doing any kind of intellectual work. So, um, and then, of course, I, I describe the thought so we understand the, the, the thought, how the thought works, the polarity of thought works, and how to find that center where there's no positive or negative. That's where stillness and that's where being and that's where presence exists. Um, and how to go through phases of surrender, because in order for energy to move higher, we need to go through surrender. We need to surrender. We need to surrender our beliefs. We need to surrender our um, desires. We need to surrender all the conditionings that that have been imposed. And one way to do that is, again, to go into the ego, to see what the ego is holding on to, understand the ego, and in that understanding, accepting what it is, surrender will happen automatically. So the, the process of um, healing and transformation also very importantly requires us to learn to accept um, and surrender. So what happens many times, we, we talk about... Um, we talk about gratitude, we talk about forgiveness, uh, we talk about these higher concepts that make, make us truly move from the animal realm into a human realm. But what we miss to, to um, accept is that the animal is also within us. So we try to not uh, acknowledge it, we try to suppress it and hope that we can transform and that is impossible to do that um, but if we have a full acceptance of everything as we are then surrender the absolute surrender happens because there's a recognition in the acceptance that whatever I'm seeing whatever I'm experiencing is not me and that needs to happen because if there is any kind of identification then it's impossible to surrender, which means the ego will keep holding on. And unless the ego drops, we cannot experience oneness, the oneness which is also within our being. So the being and um, our existence and the universe, co uh, in, in a way, they exist in, in the moment within the same center, but the ego which does not want to let go does not allow for that presence and stillness to happen. So, so therefore, it really becomes um, a challenge to come to the stillness in an hour or presence with the mind. It is impossible unless we go through understanding of the ego, accepting it, and surrendering. But in order to surrender, um, I go back into um, what I was describing before, we need to heal that wounded ego. We cannot skip that, that step. So, and then in the process um, of, of uh, the, the, the whole process of um, healing into consciousness, we also need to go into the illusion. We need to understand the layers of illusion, which um, I describe in the chapter, Breaking Through Three Layers of Illusion. Uh, which is the personal veil of illusion, then the collective, and the cosmic. So, uh, and we need to understand what these are, because if we don't really understand this, part of us will remain in the unconsciousness. We need to become conscious of everything, and as a result, that's how um, we we recognize that I am God. I am the universe. There is no separation. I am what I'm seeking for. But in order to come to that, we need to break through. We need to do the hard work of, of um, taking the responsibility to do this work. We can't just hope that it's going to happen on its own. It does happen on its own, but not without an effort. Um, in order to come to effortless effort, we need to put in an effort. It's, it's almost like um, existence will not give us a gift if we do not, uh, if we haven't been prepared to receive it. So, so the work in a sense is to prepare yourself uh, to be able to receive the gift. 
that's uh, that's the whole journey. And um, to describe that in a more um, fun way, if you will, or, or um, a, a way for people to un- to understand the more complex um, concepts in the book, I've added a chapter at the end called One Spirit's Journey, which um, I've taken my own journey as an, as an example and how to demonstrate how our um, unlived um, or undeveloped ego will have to go life after life until we have come to a point where we can surrender it. Um, so there's, um, I've described several of my past lives as I came to remember it, and that's part of us going through the collective, um, our collective unconsciousness, going into the cosmic unconsciousness, um, and, and recognizing the thread of how the ego keeps this, this um, identification with the physical world alive. The moment we finally drop the identification, and to do that, we, we need to develop a lot of courage. Um, it, it's absolutely essential to develop that courage uh, to a point where you need to come to to say that um, I am I am great and I know everything. That's the positive ego that says I know everything. So this is this could be very you know uh, for some people could be a very strange statement, but. Um, the ego that does not say that is the wounded ego that says, uh, "Poor me, why is this happening to me?" So, so it's the negative uh, sort of state. And to come to the positive state of um, recognizing that you have the power to create your life, which and actually you do create your life based on your own belief and. Um, uh, based on your own understanding, you need to see that step that still the ego is thinking that it is creating, that it is in charge. Um, and you cannot come to seeing that um, unless you actually come to experience it. So it's like if you don't have pain, you don't really have the awareness um of, of uh, for example, if there's a physical pain, you never bother to to have the awareness of the body. The physical pain forces you to have awareness of your physical body. Um, emotional pain forces you to become aware of your emotions. So um, unless something is in action, we cannot really become aware because our attention does not go there. And unless our attention goes into something, awareness cannot be there. So if if um, I'm not aware of my being, that means I'm not aware of who I am. Um, that means I'm living in a kind of a dream world that that my mind is creating. And as a result, I don't feel grounded and I don't feel present. In order for me to feel present, I need to know what presence is. I need to experience um, that, even if it's a glimpse of my being, so I understand what presence is. The moment you have the experience, the understanding is there, and and the lesson is learned. So this is where meditation comes in, and um, we have many meditation techniques in the book as well, a whole chapter there. Um, and I love active meditations, so I have dedicated a chapter to active meditations, which are um, devised by the um, modern-day mystic um, Osho, and many people um, know Osho. Uh, I've been with him for since 1978, um, and like I said, um, or, or you were reading um, uh, earlier, um, the two people that have influenced me very much in this lifetime were Gurdjieff and Osho, and they both are very practical masters. They have given many tools that we can 
we can actually experiment with so we don't stay just thinking about something but actually doing something. And the active meditations are an incredible blessing to this um, planet. And for everyone who has experienced them, um, knows that they are like um, a shortcut to presence, a shortcut to um, to connecting with your being, a shortcut to bypassing or, or watching, seeing and disidentifying the mind. And, and I love those meditations because they've helped me to to come to my own awakening, to my uh, to my own understanding or experience of that being and oneness and um, uh, the experience of dissolving with with the universe and knowing that I am the universe and there's no separation. Um, so I highly, highly recommend those meditations to anyone who is seriously um, interested to do the work. And um, what they also help us do is they help us go deeper into the body, deeper into the unconsciousness and uh, start peeling the layers by peeling the layers, it's like peeling the layers of the clouds that are that are covering the um, the sky, that are covering the, the 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 sun, which is your consciousness. It's already inside you. So the layers are the layers of the beliefs and conditionings and um, desires and uh, hopes and um, all these things take us out of the present moment. So um, so it's a very full book. It took seven years to complete. Um, and um, you can you can probably find um, um, many things relevant to the journey at any time. Um, so it's a, sort of like a companion book that you can keep referring back to whenever um, you know you want to realign or or look back at the map, if you will, um, to know okay where am I, where am I going, and. Uh, uh, what are the things that I should be looking at or what what are the things that I'm missing and maybe that could help realign um, you to get to um, to doing the work that is needed to be done. Yes, I definitely couldn't agree with you in terms of the book being valuable. I can see that this process would repeat itself um, over and over and over of coming into awareness until one chooses to cease to exist in physical form or feel complete with lessons acquired here on earth. So this is a very important or uh, practical and important tool that anybody could use throughout their lifetime no matter where they are on their spiritual journey. We're speaking with Eliza Mata Dalian, author of In Search of the Miraculous, Healing into Consciousness. You can find her on the web at www.madadalian.com. You can also um, hook up with her web link at the Evolution Revolution homepage at www.evolution. Hello. My apologies about that brief interruption. There was a technology error on my part. I apologize about that. I am back with Eliza Mata Dalian, and we're speaking with her about her book, In Search of the Miraculous, Healing into Consciousness. So, Mata, what is the role of the chakras in transforming the ego into consciousness? I know you developed a huge component of the book based around that, and I thought it was a very unique perspective particularly how you go through the chakras and you mentioned that, for instance, the first chakra is related to the foundation of life. Mm-hmm. And you, you really break them down. And I thought that, that this is the most practical 
um, version of the meaning of chakras. I mean, chakra is such a hype word in today's spiritual uh, realm. It's mm-hmm. just like, oh, you clear your chakras, meditate and work with your chakras. If your chakras are aligned, everything will flow. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and I found that you took a very powerful approach by looking at how using the ego and releasing the ego relates to the meaning of the chakras. Would you please elaborate on that? Yes. Uh, what I try to do is I try to bring in the understanding of the pitfalls where actually we get we get caught in the process because um, it's you know our ego is so tricky that um, we we get very easily excited with the mind. We have fascination with the mind as species, as a matter of fact, and. Um, going through the, 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 as our consciousness and ego develops through the chakras, this is where our fascination with the mind and our emotions keep us stuck there. And we need to understand that. We need to understand the pitfalls in every chakra and in a way understand the role of every chakra so that we can easily accept it. And and not fight with it and welcome it. For example, um, with with um, um, most of the society, there is a, there is a, a collective uh, sort of a, a, um, non-acceptance of our sexuality. It has been, um, anyways, at least for um, in our Western world for the last two thousand years. Um, thanks to um, our spiritual or our, our religious beliefs. So if we don't understand that or don't don't accept or welcome the the body as um, a vehicle that um, is there and it has its certain language um, and sexuality is one of it, then we remain identified um, with the sexuality, anything that we do not accept and we repress, we're absolutely identified with. So our consciousness then our ego is not able to develop in that chakra uh, and move higher. Um, so um, if I go with the foundation of life, of course our sexuality somewhere is our foundation of life. So we need to accept it, we need to embrace it if we want to embrace our existence on the planet. Um, and we need to understand the pitfalls that go with um, with what um, can happen if we do not allow our sexuality to develop naturally. And then uh, we move to um, the second chakra, which um, uh, is related more with our survival in terms of... Um, the second chakra is how we're connected with our mother through the umbilical cord. So our survival, in a way, depends on that chakra, even though many times we might you know, have a different concept of the second chakra. But this is how I see it. And um, we need to understand how our... Um, survival instinct is connected with the physical um, body's instinct to survive and it has nothing to do with the truth of who we are. So when we get identified with the survival instinct, again, we get caught and um, it's, it's difficult to move the energy higher. So that's the buffers I was talking to you uh, earlier. Um, and then, of course, the third chakra, um, this is actually a very interesting chakra because it's connected with the solar plexus, which is called the um, the power uh, center, the decision-making ability. Um, in, my, in my practice, and I've been practicing with this healing method for 12 years, I would say 98% of people are damaged in the third chakra. And what I mean by damaged, it's um, they're not connected to their inner power. It's the, the, the state of the ego, which is feeling in the um, state of inadequacy. There's like the state of inadequacy, not, not trusting yourself, 
um, feeling insecure. So all these feelings are related to the third chakra. And when that is damaged, it's almost impossible to reach to the authentic feeling or knowing of love. And that's why as a society we talk so much about love because love is missing. And why is it missing? We don't look at why is it missing. We're trying to be more loving, but that's where, again, we're missing because we need to look at, okay, why the love is not happening? Because if we are living naturally, the love should happen. The energy should flow if we're accepting everything and we're accepting we're in our, um, we're comfortable with ourselves and we, we're comfortable with the sense of our identity, um, then, then there's no difficulty in, in being able to be loving. So again, as a society, there's our focus. We need to change our focus into asking the questions um, instead of trying to fix something, like putting an icing on a cake. And uh, you know, and and um, doesn't matter what kind of a, a cake it is. So we have a beautiful icing, and we 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 think it's a, it's a really tasty cake. But uh, once we start eating it, it doesn't taste so good. What we need to do, we need to start asking why, if if there is a lack of something, why is it there? So instead of trying to be loving, understand why you're not feeling loving or what is stopping you from feeling loving. The moment you understand that, the love would automatically flow. Or, you know, it's just the focus of the attention. Um, as I was saying earlier, instead of trying to come to the flower, go back into the roots and try to understand the roots. Because unless you understand the roots, there are there is there is no foundation that can hold you. There's no foundation you can that can hold the stem. There's no foundation that can actually um, nourish the plant to come to the flowering. So, so in a sense, if um, if we do change our focus from our from our head and get down more into understanding the body, understanding why we feel the way we feel, understanding our emotions, understanding our desires, in that understanding is how consciousness is transformed. In that understanding is how we. We we transform our energy from unconsciousness into consciousness and from ego identification into um, a more, the concept of the universal existence, the universal being of oneness that automatically happens. And, and to me, uh, you know, um, if you meet someone who who knows the truth, you don't need to speak about it. Um, if you don't know about the truth, then, then there's a lot of talk that you have to, you know, talk about it and um, um, explore concepts. And I know I've done this. When I was a teenager, I, I used to love conceptualizing things. And and in your mind, you start thinking, oh, well, I know all these things, right? And um, in a way, that's that's a good practice, but... But it um, keeps you identified with the mind that still thinks that it knows. In order to be a true knower, you need to see the mind from the distance and see it for what it says. And then remain in the witnessing, simple witnessing awareness where the true knowing exists. So the whole spiritual journey for us needs to be how to come to that witnessing awareness, the center of our being, and and watch everything from that place. Because if we can just do that, then we don't need to do anything else. The whole effort needs to be how to be in your witnessing awareness. And 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 recognize how we get excited with with the mind and how we get excited with the concepts and suddenly jump out of the presence and jump out of the the being and the witnessing awareness 
And then we talk about presence, and we get excited to talk about presence, but we're not in present anymore. Because when you're in present, it becomes boring for the mind. There's nothing to get engaged with. There's nothing to get excited about. But it is so extremely exciting if you really sit in that non-exciting place. Suddenly you tap into that universal cosmic joy that is inexhaustible. And you can come back to it anytime you want. And no single word is needed in order for you to actually be in that joy. So, um, again, the whole work needs to be how to learn how to strengthen the inner witnessing awareness, and which um, meditation is the tool, of course, to, to do that. There's no other tool that I'm aware of. Um, and, of course, you know, again, the mind says, oh, I don't want to do the work. Well, I can conceptualize and I, and I would make myself believe that um, I'm getting somewhere. I'm learning about stillness and I'm learning about presence. But if you don't, um, if you're not witnessing, you're taking yourself out of the stillness and out of the presence. So that's the difficulty. That's That's the difficulty of our journey. And... I have extreme compassion for everyone um, that is suffering because I see that the reason that they're suffering is because this element is missing. But but there's nothing anyone can do unless each person decides that, okay, I'm going to do the work of watching. I'm going to do the work of coming in tune, in, in touch with my inner witness. And unless we do that, unfortunately, no teacher can help, even no matter how great the teacher is. It's impossible unless each person does the work, does take the trouble to do it, because existence gives us, gives us um, this um, God-given freedom of choice. So we have a choice. It's, nobody can take that choice away from us. And that's our dignity, that's our human dignity, that we have that choice. Um, and fortunately, more and more people are recognizing that they need to do something, that they cannot rely on the old ways that somebody says, I'll save you and if you follow me, I can you know, um, save you and take you to salvation. This concept hasn't worked. We've, we've lived with it for 2,000 years. It hasn't worked. We haven't really gotten to any salvation. The only salvation is if each person takes that trouble to do the work on their own. And, and as Gurdjieff said and as Osho said, if there are 200 people on the planet at the same time who have um, come to an awaken, who have awakened, who have um, come to, to, uh, be, to realize um, the whole the whole consciousness of the planet can be transformed, and I, and I feel we're living in this time. We're living in a time where uh, this this almost is becoming a reality. There's many teachers now that are speaking the same truth, and you can tell when someone knows the truth when when they speak from the knowing, a space of knowing. You can tell they know. So these are the people that are going to and they're they're speaking out they're they're sharing um their their wisdom and um through that is how it, it, the consciousness trickles and um i'm hoping that through my efforts i can encourage people to take the trouble to do the work because as a matter of fact if you start doing it it becomes so exciting it becomes even more entertaining than watching any television show you 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 get to the space of excitement with yourself with your own journey and it becomes lighter as a result and that's how you move through the chakras that's how your energy moves higher into the wisdom uh, which is in the sixth chakra where you can start seeing the illusion you start seeing yourself from a bird's eye view and start seeing the ego and start seeing the identifications and the whole 
um, actually the hilariousness of our human condition. But we need to take the trouble to to cultivate that inner witness because only through the inner witness is how we come to our inner wisdom. And with that, um, you know, you, you, we pave the foundation for hopefully we'll, on, on this planet we will see a day where there could be peace on the planet because for as long as humanity has existed on this planet, peace hasn't been there. So, um, and I feel it's possible. I, I feel that this whole Mayan, um, you know, prediction of t- uh, t- uh, 2012, um, in a way, it's almost like the history ends there. And when, when you ask them, okay, what's after that, they don't say anything. There's no prediction for afterwards. So, and this is a good sign to me. The sign to me is that this is it. So the prediction is that we cannot, we disconnect completely from the past. There is no longer that past that we've been living up to this point. And in order to be able to start living with that new, we need to take responsibility. Each person needs to take responsibility for their own existence, their own life, their own transformation, and take the trouble to do the work. And you're offering the tools to do that in your book, In Search of the Miraculous, Healing into Consciousness. We're speaking with Eliza Mata Dalian this evening. You can find her on the web at www.matadalian.com or you can link up through the Evolution Revolution homepage at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com. You are a miracle a divine being with infinite potential to create and experience all that your heart desires and more. Seeking to align yourself with the higher essence of who you are, have always been, and will always be, by further understanding the process of spiritual growth and enlightenment, including the ego-mind patterns, awareness, and breaking through the veil of illusions with practice, patience, determination, and balance can invoke more of the truth of who you are as a beautiful eternal light being from the infinite heavens. Expect the miraculous. Next week on January 15th, Bob Gebelin will offer his expertise and wisely examine the inaccuracies of the major belief systems and their contaminants in his latest book release, The Mental Environment, Mostly About Mind Pollution. Warning, be prepared to assess your beliefs and their derived sources. On January 22, 2009, Ariel Ford will introduce her latest book, The Soulmate Secret, that will show how true love is possible for anyone at any age and just in time for Valentine's Day. During the second half hour, we'll explore a great conversation with Peggy McCall about her most recent book release, Be a Dog with a Bone, which offers the dogma for success. It is time to dig up your dreams, laugh up your success, and roll in the bliss. On January 29th, Egan Sanders will appear with his fascinating new book release, The Magic Box, which is an inspiring story about the mysterious process of how our deepest desires come into being via the law of attraction and include a how-to guide to manifesting your heart's desires. Also coming up in the lineup for Evolution Revolution 2009, Dr. Daniel Condren, Dr. Stephen Farmer, Karen Anderson, Dr. Eric Pearl, Stephen Lewis, Barbara Marks Hubbard, Neil Donald Walsh, Carol Obley, Dr. Amit Goswami, Dr. Teresa Martin, and Dr. Christine Madar, Ruth Probst, Barbara Hanklau, and Matt Zoe, and many more. You can purchase all the author's books featured on Evolution Revolution at www.amazon.com or link up to their individual websites through the Evolution Revolution homepage at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com. Please join me in the upcoming weeks on the revolutionary independent production of Evolution Revolution for some exciting guests and uplifting inspiration, which can be further explored under the upcoming guests on the home page. Additionally, please explore the Evolution Revolution archive shows with inspirational authors that can be found on the Evolution Revolution homepage, the Radio Archives 2007-2008 tab within the website, or uploaded free in the iTunes store by searching Evolution Revolution Podcast anytime for free. The archive shows are available to listen to and include amazing talents such as Richard Lawrence, 
Robert Friedman, Chrissy Blaze, Albert Clayton Golden, Barbara Marks Hubbard, Barbara Han Clow, Robert Schwartz, Robert Bruce, Alan Arcieri, Dr. Gary Zukoff, Neil Donald Walsh, and more. Please share Evolution Revolution with others who may desire to join us in the future for an enlightening experience. I am a metaphysical teacher, healer, and spiritual counselor who offers clairvoyant readings and teleclasses via phone, allowing me to connect with people anywhere. Please visit my website at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com under the Services and Events page, which includes client testimonials and a wealth of information. A divine and spiritually enlightening experience awaits you. Also, please explore my new blog at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.blogspot.com for weekly postings and guest announcements for Evolution Revolution. Co-create with Evolution Revolution. We are seeking partners to help Evolution Revolution evolve and expand to even more people across the globe. If you are interested in partnering and supporting the rapid development of Evolution Revolution, please explore the Evolution Revolution tab at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com. I look forward to hearing from you about the infinite possibilities to co-create in the highest light and with the grandest intentions. Thank you for joining Evolution Revolution this evening with my honored guest, Eliza Mata Dalian. Thank you, Mata, for joining us this evening and sharing your fantastic new book, In Search of the Miraculous. Thanks for having me. Wonderful being with you. Thank you. Much gratitude to you for listening and supporting the revolutionary independent production of Evolution Revolution Radio. I wish you all abundant peace, joy, miracles, and love today. And always, Happy New Year 2009. Create a most miraculous life this year. Abundant angel blessings. Good night.